Hello, welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of Fairfax 50 Plus, we're going to talk about some of the challenges that caregivers of older adults face during the holidays, and we're going to get some advice on how to handle those challenges. With us is Kristen Martin, a geriatric case manager with ElderLink, recently conducted a webinar on caregiving through the holidays as part of the county's fall caregiver series, so we look forward to chatting about that. But first, a little bit about her. Kristen is a certified care manager, earned her MS in health science from George Mason University with a concentration in gerontology. And in addition to holiday caregiving, she's going to tell us about a new community program called Caring for You, Caring for Me. So a lot to talk about. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to this. So we are recording this uh, before Thanksgiving, before Christmas, before the New Year's, before all the major holidays coming up in the in the fall and winter season. So uh, a a busy time Mm -hmm. and a lot going on for for families and caregivers. Is this kind of a more stressful time than than others for yeah. families and people? Or? You know, the holidays just seem to bring along a lot of high expectations. Yeah. Um, you know, people have these Norman Rockwell-esque pictures <laughs> in their mind of the perfect holidays, and, you know, usually it doesn't go quite according to plan. Right, right. Okay, so a lot to lot to think about, a lot to take in, and a lot to, to manage as we're getting there. But I, I do want to take a step back before we kind of get into the holidays and talking about caregivers and, and some of those tips and maybe some of the things that you kind of presented at that webinar. Um, you're with ElderLink. I mm-hmm. guess we need to kind of set the stage a little bit and talk about what ElderLink is. So can you give us a description sure. and, and kind of what ElderLink does and provides? Yeah. So ElderLink, we're a unique group. We're a part of a public-private partnership with Inova Health System, the Fairfax Area Agency on Aging, and the Alzheimer's Association. Hmm. And just a very brief history. Sure. Uh, we came into being about 30 years ago hmm. when it was realized that need is not based on income. Hmm. So yeah, just because an individual may be financially overqualified for services through Fairfax County, it does not mean that help is not needed. So we were put in place to provide affordable case management services regardless of income. And then over the years, we have evolved a bit. And we also oversee several of the Fairfax County funded programs, um, such as caregiver consults, respite, bathing, uh, money management. Mm -hmm. And then in more recent years, we've been charged with implementing different community outreach programs. Mm -hmm. And this is under our health and wellness umbrella and would include our classes, um, a matter of balance, and chronic disease self-management. But case management or care coordination is really the heart of what we do, and it's an added layer with every program that we offer. Okay. And you're a a case manager with ElderLink, so Mm -hmm. that means you deal with... Working with families, working with caregivers. And specifically geriatric case manager? Uh, For our program, with our respite program, Technically, it's 18 and over, okay, um, but right. the majority of our clients are older adults. Okay. Um, before we get into kind of the, the meat of the discussion, if someone had questions about ElderLink, if they you know, were looking for services, wanted to find out more, is there like a website, telephone number? How could yeah. folks get up with y'all, you guys? So probably the best bet would be calling our main intake number, uh, which is 703-324-5374. And we do offer caregiver consults. Um, these are free of charge, and a caregiver can call in to 
discuss uh, a caregiving situation that they may be experiencing. And it's just an opportunity to uh, brainstorm possible solutions or, you know, even just reassure the caregiver that Mm. they are on the right track. Right. Okay. A a dumb question, simple question. We're going to be talking about caregivers and caregiving. What is caregiving? So caregiving, um, I guess in very basic terms, and I certainly don't mean to oversimplify um, because caregivers do so much. you know, I guess it would be um, having the responsibility of meeting the needs of another person. So assisting with tasks related to daily living. So that may include uh, hands-on care with activities of daily living or ADLs, so the mm-hmm. bathing, dressing, toileting, mm-hmm. transferring. Um, it can be the instrumental activities of daily living or IADLs. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. more help with yeah, money management. Okay. Yeah. Money management, transportation, uh, meal preparation, housekeeping. Um, Caregivers certainly also provide emotional support, Mm -hmm. uh, means of socialization. And then caregivers can also be more um, involved in the coordination of services and ongoing monitoring um, Mm -hmm. of a situation. Okay. What was the second one you said, the managing the money and things like so that? So those are called instrumental activities okay. of daily living. Instrumental activity. Mm-hmm. Is it more common to kind of start in one area than another? Because as you were talking about, I was thinking, well, maybe you're probably going to start off with helping mom or dad or family member or something with, with the money or managing the bills before you get to some of the other more air quote, he- heavy or intensive Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly it is more um, the IADLs. Yeah. And then as needs change, mm. um, and oftentimes depending on the condition that a person may have, um, you know, if they are needing more personal care assistance, mm-hmm. that's when the more heavy caregiving duties right, come right. in. So I guess you could be a caregiver without really realizing you are a caregiver. Absolutely. So, you know, if you are providing assistance, you know, certainly a few hours a day, a week, a month, or even a few hours a year assisting with these types of tasks, then I would qualify you as a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people may be hesitant to put that label on themselves. Right, right. You know, they feel that they're being, you know, a dutiful son or daughter or spouse right. or maybe a helpful neighbor or friend. But it really is so important for people to recognize themselves as caregivers, so they would be hopefully more apt to take advantage of the services and resources that are in place mm-hmm. to assist them in their mm-hmm. caregiving mm-hmm. journey. The 50-plus population is is growing. Um, I'm assuming there's an equal, equal number of, of caregivers. I assume that population or that field, if you want to call it that, is, is growing. But is there any way to know how many people or caregivers are involved in caregiving? Yeah, so they do have stats on that. Oh, okay, uh, wow. I don't know if you've heard of the term the graying of America. Mm. So right now in the U.S., um, we're close to about 50 million people who are aged 65 or older. Wow. Um, that's about 15% of our population. Mm. Um, and these numbers are just expected to grow. So by 2030, the thought is it's going to be one out of every five U.S. residents will be wow. 65 and older, um, which will be about 70 million people. Um, you know, in 2050, 83 million people. So right, you can see right, the trend. Right. In terms of caregiver numbers, um, right now we're close to about 35 million caregivers who have provided care to um, an adult 50 or old, older in the past year. And this really translates into huge savings um, for the mm. U.S. government and other healthcare entities um, to the tune of about 
$375 billion. So wow. caregivers are quite instrumental. Wow. Wow. So a lot of emotional, financial, social, a lot of benefits. Yes, for, absolutely. For, for caregivers. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure we leave enough time to really talk about the holidays because we're, we're coming up to the holiday yes. season. <laughs> and as we talked about at the beginning, there is added stress, you mm-hmm. know, painting that, that Norman Rockwell picture of the perfect holiday and maybe adding additional stress you know, to yourself as a caregiver to try to make sure things are mm-hmm. right and the way they should be, et cetera. What, what are some of the special issues that, that caregivers face during the holidays? You know, I think the primary one, um, caregivers, we already know they do so much. So not only are they caring for a loved one, but they are also managing their own household, uh, maybe still working as well. And then the holidays come along, mm-hmm. and there are those high expectations um, during this time of year. And people, you know, are certainly aware of the true reason for celebrating the holidays, of so connecting with people we care about, um, thinking of the less fortunate. But there are also traditions um, that mm-hmm. people enjoy doing each year. Um, and with those traditions come an added layer of stress. Um, so whether it's, you know, decorating your home, sending out cards, baking cookies, you know, connecting with <clears throat> some sort of charity group, there's just a lot to do in a very compressed time frame. So I think caregivers feel competing forces vying for their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they want to honor these holiday traditions while also making sure that the needs of their loved one uh, are not being overlooked. All right. How do, how do you do that? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that? Yeah, you know, it comes down to uh, you need to adapt. Um, so in terms of making sure that your loved one's needs are being met, um, there are some considerations um, to make sure that the the comfort and uh, the well-being of your loved one is still being attended to. Mm, that's got to be the number one priority. Absolutely. And these are really not major changes by any means. They're just it's more being mindful and attentive to the needs of your loved one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for example, um, one idea is to protect from some of the hustle and bustle um, of the holidays. You don't want your loved one to get overwhelmed um, with Mm -hmm. the additional stimulus. And during holiday gatherings, um, you know, depending on the number of people and the age range of the group, that can be quite an overwhelming mix to be in the middle of, particularly if your loved one is not accustomed uh, to all that hustle and bustle. So one idea is to, um, you know, set aside a quiet place in the house where your loved one can go just to catch their breath, recharge a little bit. Um, Older adults also, they can kind of get lost in some of the shuffle with a larger group. So another idea is to assign a companion or, you know, a buddy who would be there sitting Mm -hmm. with your loved one to make sure that their needs are being met. Um, and they don't feel lost. Keep tab on them, check on them. Absolutely, yeah. And going along with that frame of thought, people want to feel included and useful. Um, And I think, you know, going along with wanting to make sure that everything is perfect during the holidays, you still need to provide your loved one with an opportunity to participate in activities Mm. that they may have enjoyed. Right, right. You know, thinking of our own house, you know, grandma's the one who makes the gravy. And that's just her duty. It helps her to feel like she's contributing. It boosts or self-esteem, uh, you know, and it could be something as simple as setting the table or folding the napkins just so people feel engaged right. and part of the holidays. Should, um, should caregivers try to, I, I know it's hard, they want to, you know, you want to make it perfect and you want to do everything that maybe you have done. Should you just realistically say to yourself, 
I've got to let one or two things go this year yes. so it's not so stressful on me and everybody. Absolutely. So when thinking about the traditions that people uh, partake in, you really need to have an honest assessment of why you're taking part in these mm-hmm. traditions. Is it something that you uh, absolutely love doing and the holidays would not be the same without it? So you're going to find a way, to w- a way to make it work. Or is it more of an issue that you uh, feel obligated um, so you don't want to risk disappointing other people who have been accustomed to you being the one to do things a certain way. So it's, you know, having an honest assessment of what you can reasonably manage during the holidays and what you actually enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So what you enjoy doing, you know, continue moving forward and the tasks that don't bring you that holiday joy, delegate them out, or don't do them. I mean, you really have to simplify. Well, if you're doing things that you enjoy and the family is doing things they enjoy, that, I mean, that does tend to decrease the stress level, too, because you're not doing something just because Aunt Susie, (laughs) you thought, enjoyed it or wanted to do it, so you've got to try to make it special. You know, it's... Yeah. That kind of helps Absolutely. calm things down. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Okay. We're talking with Kristen Martin, a geriatric case manager with Elderlink, and we're talking about uh, caregiver challenges uh, during the holidays and trying to get some advice on, on how to handle those issues. We're kind of talking, you know, it, it kind of seemed like the caregiver maybe in our home or in their home. What about if we are having to go visit the the elderly relative, mm-hmm. elderly neighbor, that type of thing, kind of in their situation, we're, you know, we're going to them. Is there any other things we should look at or any red flags, any kind of things to kind of keep a lookout on, on that type of situation? Yeah, you know, so often uh, during the holidays, we have uh, increased calls um, about caregivers who are concerned about a loved one. So they may be, you know, seeing that loved one again after an extended time period or spending more extensive time with Mm -hmm. them. So they're noticing more. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, family members or close friends may be hesitant to overstep a certain boundary in the relationship. But being aware of certain red flags may help you to feel a little bit more justified becoming involved. So really, the rule of thumb is that you're looking for changes with your loved one, so deviations from the norm. Um, and it could be very basic, so looking at their physical appearance. You mm. know, are they losing weight, gaining weight? Are their cl- clothes clean? Does it appear that they're bathing regularly? Um, if you're taking a look at the home environment, you know, everyone has different standards of housekeeping. Um, but is it a change given what your uh, loved one uh, normally has done in the past? Right. Um, is there adequate food in the refrigerator? Mm. Um, do you see any evidence of carelessness in the kitchen, burnt pots or pans, mm. any unwiped spills? Um, take a look at the mail. You know, is it piling up? Are mm. bills being paid gotcha. on time? Um, if your loved one is still driving, you know, take a look at the car. See if there are any scrapes or dents. Mm. Um, are the inspection tags up to date? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Just be, uh, not, I was going to say vigilant, but that's not... Maybe not the right word, just observant. Observant, yeah. yeah. And my, um, you certainly don't want to, if you do have any concerns, um, you know, you need to be mindful of the timing when you bring up mm-hmm. these concerns. I, 
probably refraining from doing or having a major discussion during the holidays would be a good way to go. You don't want your feel, loved one to feel that they're being, you know, put under the microscope mm-hmm. or scrutinized in any way. So unless it is a true safety concern, um, you know, it's better to probably hold off on that conversation. Right. When you do finally broach that conversation, you know, if you are bringing a concern to the table, bring possible solutions to mm, meet the need right, as well. Right, right. Well, that goes with any situation. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah just, don't come, just don't come at me with a problem, you know, recognize a problem, and here's maybe what we can do about exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Is that what we're talking about when we hear the term long-distance caregiving, someone in that type of situation, that, you know? Yeah, so with a long-distance caregiver, you know, it's someone who's not in the immediate area, and they're probably more involved with the... Uh, coordination of services mm. and the monitoring of the care. And in some regards, this can be a little more tricky. Um, people think of distance as a barrier. So you're not providing the day-to-day hands-on care, mm-hmm. but you also can't see for yourself what's going on. So you mm. may have a loved one who glosses over everything and the roof is caving in. Mm-hmm. And the other extreme, you may have a loved one who tells you the sky is falling, and it's really an issue that could be handled quite easily. So particularly with long-distance caregiving, it's important to think about putting um, some sort of team in place that can kind of be your eyes and ears okay. um, since you're not actually um, here with your loved one. Okay, okay. A um, couple of minutes left. I want to make sure we hit a couple things. I want to hear about the, the webinar, the recent webinar you did. Any uh tips or advice or anything that kind of came out of that that maybe was satisfying or surprising or? So, you know, I guess the number one takeaway message um, would be to give yourself permission as the caregiver to make adaptations as you need. Mm. Um, You know, you certainly know your loved one best. So, you know, in regards to being aware of, you know, protecting them from that overstimulation or being mindful of the medication schedule, travel arrangements that need to be adjusted, um, you know, you um, will be able to make the most appropriate um, choices for the well-being of your loved one. You just have to trust yourself to do that. But then the other end of the spectrum, it's giving yourself permission to simplify and, Mm. you know, speaking with people being open and honest about what your caregiving situation is right now and how you need to adjust in order to give yourself the opportunity to enjoy the holidays as right, well. Right. Um, final thought, uh, we mentioned in the, in the intro, talked about it, a uh, new program going yes. on, Caring for You, Caring for Me. Yes, yeah, so we are extremely excited to bring this to Northern Virginia. Uh, Caring for You, Caring for Me is the signature program of the Rosalind Carter Institute for Caregiving. Oh, okay. And it's a five-week education and support program that really focuses on advocacy for the caregiver and the care recipient. Um, The classes meet for two hours at a time, and it focuses on um, topics such as what it means to be a caregiver, caring for yourself, uh, building effective relationships, preventing and solving problems, and then accessing and developing resources. And this falls under our health and wellness umbrella, um, more of the community outreach. Mm -hmm. So this is a Mm -hmm. program that is offered free of charge, and we're set to launch in December. So, yeah, very exciting. Okay. So uh, should they call that number you referenced earlier for more information? Sure. Yeah. So the best number would be to uh, certainly call our main intake number at 703-324-5374. Um, or you can feel free to call me as well, 703-324-7577. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exciting stuff in the past, 
now and in the future. Yes. A lot of sure? stuff going on. Yes. So, so uh, especially great tips and things we've learned about caregiving and the, and the holiday season coming up over the next several months. So uh, if you found value in this and you know someone who's a caregiver, please uh, share the link or pass this along to them so they can uh, listen and, and hear all this good information from Kristen. So Kristen, thanks for, uh, for being with us on the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast. Great. Thank you, Jim. Absolutely. You. Unfortunately, uh, is the, uh, the time we have a allotted for us, but uh, I'm sure we will have you back again in the future to talk more and uh, hope that you uh, can make it through the holiday season uh, safely and enjoy without too much stress. Again, if you want to find out more about ElderLink services, including the new Caring for You, Caring for Me program, you can call 703-324-5374. TTY number is 711. You can also find information on older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities by calling 703 247948. That's Monday through Friday. Or you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. And when you're on that page, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper as well as Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. And you can link from there over to the Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page as well. I want to thank you again for listening to Fairfax 50 Plus, which is produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.